0: Grace be unto you and peace, peace from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ who is the promised Messiah, the Mashiach, your fellow worshipers of our Advent King. There has been a lot of talk and concern these days in our Synod about the shortage of pastors. And the concern is this, that when there's a shortage of pastors Congregations at times will have to wait a long time to get one. But that is nothing new. I recall when my home pastor suddenly and unexpectedly died of a heart attack during my junior year in high school. It took well over a year for us to get a new pastor. And one of our members, Pastor John Sharowski, during his retirement years, served a vacancy in one of our congregations in Madison for almost two full years. And unless more young men step forward to be trained to be a spokesman for God in the pulpits of our churches, long vacancies are going to be the soup of the day. But when you think of vacancies and how long they can last, what would you say is the record for the longest vacancy that there's ever been in the history of God's church? The longest vacancy in the history of God's church lasted over 1,500 years. Yeah. Arguably, that's true. You see, through the prophet Moses, we heard tonight that God had promised to send another prophet like Moses, but who would be even greater than Moses. And down through the centuries, God's people waited and looked for that prophet to come. But that prophet did not come until Jesus was born some 1,500 years after Moses made this prophecy. Oh, to be sure, God provided other prophets for his people at various times and in various places, but in the latter days, the day when Jesus came, God spoke to us by his Son. And so this year for our midweek Advent devotions, we are going to take a look at what it means that Jesus is our Messiah who carried out the work of our redemption through three offices pictured in the Old Testament, prophet and priest and king. And Tonight we want to take a look at that first office, the office as the prophet. Now when we talk about our Savior's work as the prophet, we need to do a little word study again to remind ourselves of some important words so that we fully grasp the comfort and the majesty and the miracle of God's plan of salvation and one of those words is in the front cover of your bulletin if you take a look at it we saw this last year the word is Messiah that's the English really word for the Hebrew word Mashiach that's the next one you see those funny symbols there and the word Mashiach or Messiah is just another way of saying the Christ you see Christ is not a name of Jesus like Jesus and then his last name is Christ Christ is a title and when you say Jesus Christ you're saying this is the Messiah The Greek word you see at the end there, Christos. And what does the word Messiah mean? The word Messiah means the anointed one. When God chose people to do a specific task, many times he anointed them. When kings were crowned, they were anointed by oil. When prophets and priests were commissioned in their office, they too were anointed, and Jesus was anointed too. That happened at his baptism. Do you remember? When Jesus was in the Jordan, the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove and lighted upon Jesus. And again, the word Messiah means the anointed one. This is the one God has set apart. This is the one that God has chosen to do this task and one of the tasks that God chose his son to do is to be the prophet and that's another word that we need to understand in our culture most people when they hear the word prophet or prophesy they think primarily of telling the future and surely that's part of that meaning But the Biblical word for prophet, nebi'im, really means to be God's mouthpiece, his megaphone, to be God's spokesperson. So to be a prophet of God meant that you were going to proclaim the truth of God's word. It just so happened that when we proclaim the truth of God's word, it often entails future events. The Old Testament prophets proclaimed the truth of God's Word, and the main point was the Savior's coming, the Savior's coming. And even today, when we preach God's Word, much of the message we bring from God's Word has to do with future events. The world's coming to an end. The Savior's coming back. The Savior's taking us to heaven. And so when God set Jesus apart as the Messiah, the Mashiach, part of his work as our Redeemer was to be the prophet of God. That's what that reading was all about. Through Moses, God prophesied that he would raise up for his people from his people a prophet like Moses but so much more. What does that mean? Well, let's take a look. Moses was a prophet who was able to speak face to face with God. If anyone saw God's face, they couldn't stand in His holy presence. That's why the people at the mountain asked that God would speak through a prophet because they couldn't bear to hear His voice. They couldn't stand in his holy presence and yet Moses was allowed to come into God's presence and speak to him face to face well Jesus is a prophet like that but so much more to be sure he saw the face of his father but he's so much more he not only came from the father he is one with the father He is equal to the Father because He is part of the Godhead. So He's more than just a prophet. He's the prophet. But there's more. We also know that Moses was a man. Jesus was a man too. But Moses was a sinful man just like us. Do you recall that Moses on one occasion murdered an Egyptian and had to flee for his life? And do you know why God would not allow Moses to enter the promised land with the children of Israel? It's because Moses didn't trust God enough to obey his word. So rather than speaking to a rock from which God was going to bring water for his people to drink in the wilderness, Moses took his staff and hit it. It sounds like a a terrible consequence for what seems so trivial hitting a rock rather than just speaking to it but it's a severe warning that it's not right not to trust God and not to obey his word but Jesus is more than what Moses was he isn't just a man he's also God the God man and as the God man He was without sin. He never failed to obey the Father's will. He perfectly loved God above all things and He perfectly loved His neighbor as Himself. And that's why Jesus isn't just a prophet. He's the prophet. Because no other prophet before Him was without sin. And there will be never again a prophet who walks this earth that is without sin. Jesus is the prophet. But there's more. Jesus is also a prophet like Moses because he proclaimed the truth of God's word, both the law and the gospel. Yes, Moses is the lawgiver, but when you read the books that he wrote in the Old Testament, the first five books, there is precious gospel in there too. And all the other prophets proclaimed law and gospel too. The law that shows us our sin and the gospel that shows us the Savior. But no one proclaimed the gospel like Jesus because he actually is the gospel. No one proclaimed the law like Jesus did. Because on the cross he was demonstrating what the law is all about. And what a terrible fate we sinners deserve because of our sins, suffering in hell itself, if it were not for his work of redeeming us. But on the cross, he proclaimed the most beautiful gospel message, because there he demonstrated God's mercy and love for each of us. He took our place so that we would not die, but rather have life and complete forgiveness. And that is why Jesus is not just a prophet, but also the prophet. But there's one more way we can compare the two. You see, when Moses was buried by God and died and went to heaven, his work as God's spokesman ended in the sense that he no longer walked among God's people and spoke to him. God used Moses to bring us the five, first five books of the Bible, but no longer would Moses walk this earth and proclaim God's word. And Jesus died, and Jesus went to heaven too. And Jesus in human form that we can see and touch is not walking among us either proclaiming the word of God. But Jesus is still serving as the prophet Even while he sits at the right hand of God, he is making sure that his word is proclaimed through you and me. Jesus said, whoever listens to you, listens to me. In other words, when a parent reads a bedtime Bible story to a child, whenever a Sunday school teacher or Lutheran elementary school teacher teaches a Bible history lesson in the classroom. Whenever the pastor preaches or teaches or whenever we as Christians speak to our neighbors or friends about Jesus the Savior sharing the word, Jesus is carrying forward his office as the prophet through sinners like us. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is the prophet that God promised through Moses. Now you might be wondering, okay what does this have to do with Advent? And what comfort and encouragement can I take home tonight from this devotion? Well, at this time of the year we call to mind many of the promises that God made about the coming Savior. And what we celebrate is that that God kept those promises. God's Word is true. We have every reason to trust that. And so when when we get a chance on Christmas to take a peek into that little manger again, may we do so with awe and wonder because by faith we behold the Word made flesh. And if God kept his promise to send the Savior to win our salvation, You and I can trust his promise that he's coming again and he will take us to that eternal salvation in heaven to live with him there. Hmm? So that brings us back to our shortage of pastors. You know when the congregation reaches out to its district leaders to ask For a list of pastors from whom they could call a new pastor or a new teacher. They usually express certain qualifications they want in this pastor. And some of them, I think, are kind kind of ironic. We want a young pastor, but we want him to have 40 years of experience, huh? You've heard that. Or we want him to be out and about the people and visiting the people, but we want him in his office studying, too. Just a lot of different qualifications. But if if you had to pick one qualification that you want in a pastor or teacher, what would it be? Wouldn't it be that they would be faithful in proclaiming the true scriptures? Because the true scriptures point us to Jesus who alone has the words of eternal life. And so like at the time of Moses, when the people were taking possession of the Promised Land, they were going to be living among people and in cultures that looked and trusted messengers and messages, messages that were false. We live in that same kind of culture. And we want the truth. And we have the truth. And that truth is in God's Word. And that Word brings us to Jesus who is the truth the way, the life. Thank God he sent this Messiah. Amen.